Welcome to today's episode of Fire in the Belly. This is where we get to hear some pretty inspiring stories from some amazing people. You know, it's always an absolute pleasure to sit down, take time out and have a warts and all conversation about their journey. I'm always intrigued by what it's taken for people to get to where they are today. And hopefully in this interview, we get to hear some more about that. From this, my mission is to help people to find their own fire in their belly. And from that, to live the mightiest version of you. So without further ado, sit back, relax, and enjoy today's guest. Success is a process, not an event. Hello and welcome to Fire in the Belly. Today we have myself, Mighty Pete, and we're joined by the Stevie J. So Stevie J is an entrepreneur who uh, at the age of 25 was setting up health clubs, really sort of, you know, a number of uh, international franchisees, um, businesses globally, a lot going on, uh, working all around the world, really. So Stevie's been, uh, Stephen McGowan is the sort of full title and has been cons- uh, committed there to assisting people and, and helping people to achieve extraordinary results and maximizing performance and activating hidden potential. So the true passion there is to create lasting change and creating a greater fulfillment for people, both personally and, and in uh personal and, and business as well. So Stevie often is be out there in terms of his multiple uh, ventures and charity work that he does. Um, became the first person now to create a, uh, an epic journey of 100, mar- 100 marathons in 100 days. And uh, it's got another epic journey recently in terms of uh, running the entire country of Ireland and setting a new world record. So uh, in the process of 60 ultra marathons in 60 days. So he's happily married to uh, his wife, Catherine, and has three children. So Stevie, welcome to the show. Thank you very much for coming on. Thank you very much, Pete. Thanks for having me. Thanks for having me along. It's very nice to be here with everybody in Fire in the Valley and uh, to talk to you guys for a while. Thank you. It's all, listen, it's always awesome. So we'll, we'll jump straight in. So what, what does Fire in the Valley mean to you? Well, I'm going to see that Fire in the Valley and I see your, I see your uh, flame there. It's a, it reminds me of like, a, I suppose, a, a raising phoenix coming out of the ashes in a way, you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> definitely. Is it something, and is, is, is fire in the belly, is that something you have? It's something, uh, do I have fire in the belly? Yeah. I am, I've, I've always had a lot of passion. So I have absolutely a lot of passion, I suppose. Yeah, people could say you've got, sometimes you've got fire and uh, could, uh, my wife would tell you that I'm strongly opinionated as well too. So I suppose you could say that all right, yeah. <laughs> definitely, yeah. And what's and, and the opinions there? I mean, is that is that a is that a belief for you? Is that a desire? Is that somewhere you know you're on a mission to go somewhere? Me, me myself, yeah. And um, I I suppose you know um, when when a lot of people ask me about the running and when I ran hundred marathons, hundred days, because it was quite a it was quite a big thing, you know, and and then doing the sixty ultra marathons, sixty days, and where did the where did that come from? That energy come from, and that to do that. And uh, I always go back to, like, I suppose, the same thing. I've seen in my life before where I've had, I've had probably, as you could say, a lot of fire in the belly, a lot of passion, a lot of determination to achieve a lot of goals and things like that. And I've also seen those times as well, too, when I wasn't living like that, you know, and, and, and what, the difference, what the difference was. And uh, for me, um, at the age of 22, I'm 42 years of age now, at the age of 22, um, I had what I can only call is uh, like an epiphany. And um, it was a life or death situation, and I picked life. And since since I picked that uh, that life situation, everything began everything began to change for me, really, you know. And um, I was a painter and decorator to be trade. Uh, originally, I was doing that when I was fourteen. I didn't really like school too much, and uh, I was living in America. And um, 
and it was kind of like on this say, uh, I suppose, just dunk, 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 same thing, different day type of stuff, going through life, uh, ticking boxes, but not actually really getting the fulfilling experiences out of everything that I wanted to get. And when I was 22, I had that, I had that epiphany. I said, I said a prayer and asked God, I asked God to help me and asked God into my life. And before that, I was struggling a lot. And immediately I began to get answers, like straight away. I got, I captured a vision um, of the future, of a, of a better future. Before that, I was just showing myself um, bleak pictures. And uh, everything began to change from that place. I met, I met Catherine, who's now my wife. I met her about six weeks after that time. And uh, we're married now, we've got three children together. And a lot of the things that they seen in that picture and that vision that was shown to me at that time it came about into my life. Um, everything wasn't always plain sailing for me. Like, you know, uh, you, you, get, you do well, do well at things. And then sometimes you get a bit of a knock on different things. You mentioned the, the gyms in that week we came back um, and we set up the first gym and we were successful. We won the international franchisee out of 5,000 clubs globally. And then we set up another gym and we set up another one. We set up another one. We ended up, with 13 gyms and we had 65 um, ladies working with us. And uh, it was very successful. It was a great thing. And we built the, our membership up to 5,000 members. And uh, that was in direct habit monthly. But it also came with, um, it came with its challenges as well too, like, uh, like, like everything does. But I suppose uh, one of the things that's kept me with my persistence is to, um, is to always fall back on my faith. And uh, when, I'm, when I'm very stuck, when I'm backed into the corner, I remember that Stephen, you can't win all these wars in your own. You can't win all these battles in your own. And he dropped the hands and handed over again to God, is what I would call God. Which is not a man in the sky. Is is I think more of a as a caring, nurturing uh, love that is in the essence of everything in life. And um, then then I, when every time I do that, every time I surrender, or every time that uh, that I teach and share with other people to surrender. There seems to be uh, miracles released, or people seem to be overcome with uh, awe and wonder, and um, that's that, that's uh, that's what we've been doing for for a long time. Uh, we started to teach people that about twelve years ago and run retreats and stuff. And uh, I was uh, I was blessed to get great results in my life, and then uh, able to share those then with other people as well. In two thousand and twelve. I was sitting at a table uh, with, with a man called Larry McGuire and Larry had been to one of our retreats down in Coolbawn Key at the time and uh, he came up and he had, a, he had a great reoccurring vision that it came to him and the reoccurring vision that it came to him was that he wanted to run 100 marathons in 100 days and he wanted to open up a foundation and call it the Larry McGuire Foundation and this was after his sister who had tragically uh, died at the age of seven and had left the family in... Um, very tough, tough, tough situation emotionally for a long time. And Laurie wanted to do something to honor his sister and, you know, to represent what he came through because he knew the, the pain that the family had came through. So he sat down with me and our man, started to talk. And the next thing, Laurie started talking again. They, they talked about running 100 miles, 100 days. And all of a sudden they got like a flashing vision. And this flashing vision just came to my mind. And then I opened my eyes. And like at the time, I would have got like, um, I would get like a feeling of something's right. So I had a lot of people that came to me with goals and plans and business ideas. And they'd sit with me around the table. And then I would get a feeling. I'd usually get like a flash, like a flash. I would see something or I'd get like a feeling up the back or something like this, you know. 
and it, I got this just boom and this flash. And I could see myself running down the mall in Armagh. And uh, I had long hair and a beard in this in this vision, in this picture, and I was wearing a red t-shirt. And like I had a red t-shirt at the time, but I didn't have long hair or, or a beard. So it, but it was so strong that um whenever I opened the eyes, it was just like really quick. I says, Laurie, I says, I'm gonna run these hundred marathons with you. And he looked at me, he says, that's great. He says, I knew somebody was going to do it with me, but I didn't know who it was going to be. And uh, I had never run one marathon. So I had, I'd run 10 miles back in like 2004, 2005. And uh, I lay on the couch for like six hours after it and said to Catherine, I'm great and everything, you know. And, uh, and uh, you know, cried about it for two weeks or bragged about it for two weeks, you know, 10 miles. But anyhow, I found myself sitting November the 17th, 2012, sitting with Larry McGuire up in the, in the hub of the Stevie J hub there. And they haven't committed to 100 marathons, 100 days, and then going home to tell Catherine. Well, fair play to Catherine. She always uh, backs my, uh, I suppose, outlandish ideas or crazy ideas, maybe sometimes. But for me, uh, the way that it came and, and the way that all these different things that, that I suppose that, that I would say are dreams come true in my own life, the way that all of them came, none of them came logically. So that none of the things that, that I cherish so much in my life came logically, they all just came as a gift. And just so I just said yes, and and I went with the gift. Um, I suppose it wasn't too long before that the, that I was praying and I was asking God uh, to be able to how can how can I help more? Um, we came through a recession. I had uh, been heavily involved in properties and things like that there as well too, and I had the gyms and the pressure of those. And then I had I had a, had a young wife and three young children just straight after each other pretty much like there was one year gap between one of them that was it and uh, so it was like a one year 11 months and then a one year and then a two year gap but um i i suppose like a lot of people at that time and a lot of people in business i you know it, it was very challenging to keep things going uh to keep yourself going to keep enthusiasm uh when you're a Paying a lot of money coming in, but paying a lot of money out, and then things getting a lot tighter, and everything that comes with that. And I, and I came to the point myself in my life, and, and I was like, you know, there's got to be more to like, there's got to be more to this. Yes, I have stuff, and you've got plenty of stuff, but you're paying plenty of money for the plenty of stuff that you've got. And there's got to be more to this, and just you know, try to you know look after yourself and do all these different types of things. So um, I I, uh, I get tired of, of being, I suppose, like really tired of it. I was always a good, good man for charity and good man doing things and help people well and help people get results. But I just get tired of being that consumer and looking, you know, out for yourself and what are we going to do here and how do we do this? Is this God, please send me a plan to, to be able to help more people. Send me a plan to help more people. And it came in the form of Laurie McGuire that day. And uh, we, so we went ahead, that was 2012, so we set a plan to do it in 2015, and we went ahead, we went ahead with the training, and we uh, many, many great stories with that. And uh, unfortunately, Larry wasn't able to complete all, all of them, but he was able to set up the foundation, and, and uh, I was able to do the 100 marathons, 100 days, which gave me a, a brand new outlook on everything in life, because previous to say, I hadn't been a runner. And uh, we raised money for children with terminal and critical illness. And we end up giving most of that money, divided up and giving it to families, giving it out to individual families so they can spend the money how they need to spend it, you know. So the, uh, the passion, passion for living comes to mind whenever, whenever you 
whenever you say that. So it does feed passion for living. And uh, I think the passion for living has to be, it has to be a bit more than yourself, really. Um, I suppose, and, and it's about seeing, it's about seeing that, uh, that you can make a difference. Sometimes, you know, when things can be challenging for people, they can think, gosh, you know, oh, who am I? Um, I have no power. Uh, I can't make a difference. doesn't really matter. I just keep my head under here and just go along with the flow or whatever it is. And, um, but like for anybody listening, like you can make a difference. You really can make a difference. And it's amazing that you can make a difference sometimes with, you know, very, with very little, you can make a difference with the smile, smiling at somebody going down the street. I can remember when they decided to, to run the system myself. Look, when I got to run, because I, I never was into running because they were driving, you know, a, a, on a Sunday and a, you'd be out in the car and it could be raining and some runners might be running and it didn't look happy. It didn't look happy. It didn't look like fun. You know what I mean? Um, so I decided whenever I was going to run, because I was going to have to do this running, that I was going to smile. So anytime I was running, I'd be smiling. You know what I mean? And if I was sore, I would smile more. So then I thought to myself, even if I'm just smiling when I'm running and people see me smiling and I'm running, they might look, gosh, you know, that guy looks really happy. I might try that running thing too. And uh, it kind of starts with it starts with all that stuff, you know. Um, last year, actually, this year it would have been uh, 2020, January 2020. There was uh, 14, 14 of us uh, went to Belarus. Um, I was 16. Went to Belarus. I, this was going to be our, our third year going out to Belarus. Uh, Tom, who I'm involved with now, I'm actually a, a director in the charity as well. It's a full voluntary charity, and Tom and Nolina and, and Tom's wife have been doing this like 20 years. And I got involved with them then about five years ago, but I've been a third year out of them. And uh, the, this year we had like 16 people and they got 120,000 pounds, 120,000 pounds raised for the orphan children of Belarus. Uh, we look after um, a jail. Uh, we look after an, um, an adult center in Saltanovka with 270 adults that are like kids. And a lot of them are quadrupedics and things like that. And we also look after seven orphanages out there as well, too. And we do Santa Claus for all of them. And then any money left over, we get uh, we get vital uh, supplies and, and stuff like that for it, you know. And um, <clears throat> the, the, this work has given me more of a, a passion for living and a passion for life than than anything that I, that, that I ever had. Um, some people used to say to me, you know, how, how do you run 40 miles a day for like, I, I was around the whole way around Ireland, around 40 miles a day, 59 days, run on 57 and a half. How did you do that? How did you do this? And it was the same way, really. It was after run the 100 marathons, it became, if it was September, just the first September, the children were going back to school. It was a Monday morning. And I don't know whether it was that and my own nerves about school and things like that or what was going on, but I had run for three and a half months and I hadn't spoke about any of the work that I had been doing for many years. I never spoke about it the whole time I was doing the charity work because I wanted it all to be about the charity. And uh, when I finished it, I realized that, you know, we started off on our own and the last day we'd 500 people to join us for running Gosford Park up here in Armagh. And like, I realized the impact you could make in such a short time, you know what I mean, with a concentrated message. And I hadn't spoke about the work that I was doing, but thousands of people have been inspired 
so I asked again, and I remember Bob Proctor said this to me before, you know, he like, I, I was quite fond of McCarr. I had a nice Lexus, nice Lexus hybrid car and stuff. And I was quite fond of that. There was and I remember him saying one time about, you know, about possessions and stuff. And he says, we always, oh, he, he says, if you can't, he says, if you can't, if you can't give it away or give it land, he says, you need to get, you need, you need to get rid of it then, you know? And uh, so I had no car for three and a half months and anyway, it was all in the feet. But um, I, I, that morning I got very nervous and uh, I didn't know what to do because I put everything up as in like, I was like, you know, if I meant to continue to do the work that I'm doing, like, you know, show me a strong sign. If I meant to do this, show me a strong sign. Whatever I meant to do, I, I'm setting it all up, you know, um, and, and just show me the way again because I'm, I'm just you know, so for clarity. And uh, I asked that question and I went back to bed and uh, I didn't get I didn't get nervous anymore because I handed it over to God again. I was very nervous and annoyed for like ten minutes, and then I said a prayer and I handed it over to God and went back to bed. And I don't really remember much of the next ten days, but ten days later, I woke up, and um, it just said, uh, "Keep on running, uh, run the whole way around Ireland." So keep on running, run the whole way around Ireland. I was okay. So I sat up in the bed and was thinking myself, well, I don't want to run for three and a half months because I missed the children and stuff like that there. It was a bit long, like, you know, I want at least one month of the summer. And I says, right, okay, so I'll run for 60 days. And then I thought to myself, how far am I going to run? Because well, it says run around Ireland, but how far to run every day? And I thought, well, there's no point in running a, a 26.2 mile marathon because everybody will think, well, sure, you already done 100 of them last year. You know, nobody would be impressed, so they're not sponsors any money. So I thought it was a 50 mile, 50 mile, 40 mile, 50 mile. I was like debating will run 40 mile a day or run 50 mile a day. And uh, next thing, Ben, my oldest son, walked into the room and I says, Ben, I says, we'll run 40 mile a day or run 50 mile a day. I says, I'm going to run the whole way around Ireland, run 40 mile a day, run 50 mile a day. And he says, Daddy, he says, run 40 mile a day. Thank God he said that. You know what I mean? That's all I can Because I was fucked. <laughs> to tell you the truth. Um, so run, so it says right, 40 mile day, and I went and I went and had done that. And the thing was, I had many challenges out on the road. I don't know how much I'll be done with this, Pete, because this has gone on for a long time. But uh, I had many, many, many challenges out on the road. But the people that all came to me, uh, a rescue, I suppose, um, and um, helped me out along the journey back home was all people that had attended previous, what I call previous seminars that I had run. Like, so, and whenever uh, I had been in Armagh at the time, and I was thinking to myself, you know, am I going to start talking? As I shared with you earlier on, the first guy that I talked with, as we have a good friend in common, Mark Victor Hansen, uh, down in Dublin. And um, like I can remember before, even that's probably six months before that time. I can't remember what year that is. Uh, I'm sure Donna and, and Pat will remember what year that is. But um, I can remember six months before that time. I remember sitting up in the office and I, uh, the movie The Secret would have been out probably at the time or something like that as well too. And I was sitting up in the office and um, I'd been over all the gyms and running about. So I'd been pretty much wearing t-shirts and jeans and wearing goodies and running about moving stuff around the gyms and making sure everybody was okay. And, you know, looking at numbers and all those things, but it was pretty much run, run about, you know, just keeping everything right. And um, I can remember coming into the office and uh, three girls, uh, three office staff uh, working for me up on this side of the office and I had an office over at this side they were up the stairs and decided they would wear a suit 
because uh, I would wear a suit because I thought it was the only thing that I, that I knew to do to sort of position myself to go, right, okay, I'm going to pretend that I'm standing in front of a crowd and thousands of people. I'm talking to loads of people and I'm sharing and I'm sharing a message of hope, peace, joy, love. You know what I mean? And people are really receiving that message. So I started wearing it in a suit. So the girls used to be slagging me, thinking hey, every day, are you going to the wedding? Oh, Stevie must be going to the wedding today, you know? <laughs> so I was sitting there in the office next door anyway, and I'd sit back and I'd put my feet up and uh, daydreaming was always a very good thing for me. You know, I can I know a lot of people say in school they kicked the kick daydreaming out of us and stuff like that there, they did get it. But I can remember um, my school teacher, uh, Master Connolly, and P7, and you know, quite often times he would go, right, right, we're going right up to the up to the front here. He was a good boy, you know, up to the front here. And he'd bring me up to the front. I'd say, right, kneel there, and I'd have to kneel, I'd have to kneel and face the wall, you know. And I'd be kneeling and face the wall, but I'd be still daydreaming. So I would, you know, I'd still be daydreaming. But uh, I lay back in the in the sat back in the chair and and I and I dreamed, you know, and I can remember dreaming that I'll be speaking in front of uh, at, at that time speaking in front of thousands of people who was very important to me, as you, as you can probably tell. Not so much now, but uh, speaking in front of thousands of people, I'd see myself there. And it also seemed myself was very important to me was I'd see myself, I've got friends, friends all over Ireland. I've got friends everywhere, all over Ireland, you know, and of people coming from all over Ireland, coming in here to this office and talking to them about their dreams and, and, and helping with that. And uh, that time, um, it really came back because all the people were people that had been on seminars and that, which we now call retreats. And uh, it, it, was a it was a beautiful thing because it was such a strong saying, you know, um, such a strong saying. And like through our work, um, through the work that we do, the retreats that we do, uh, we call it living your epic adventure. Uh, when I ran around Ireland, it was called Stevie's Epic Adventure. Um, we had already had, I had already actually done the very first retreat in 2000, uh, at the start of 2016. And I had invited a group of guys that we'd done it in the monastery up in Van Burb. And I call it a live in your epic adventure. And um, then my and then just because Stevie's epic adventure, we went on ahead. So a whenever we do the one of the things that, that I it's actually the biggest thing that keeps me going with the retreats that I do is like we have people when they come uh, through the whole process and but out the other end, they always come along and they always help us with our with our mission work in Belarus, you know what I mean? And um, for a lot of people, that becomes the most powerful thing for them then. Once they've went through the, you know, once they've went through the thing, it becomes the most powerful thing for them uh, to be able to, to pass it on to really lead. So like, we're very much about helping people to lead, lead in their own life, in their own business, for their own health, their own, their own families and that. And, and then in turn be a better leader for others as well too, you know. Um, just there last week, I I I had uh, a client of mine, and he's he's you know come into this same following with me. We're doing a lot of lot a lot of very good work in, in the community, and then also in Belarus, and then and then also now in, in Madagascar. And uh, so he's we built a school in Madagascar. He's committed to building a school in Madagascar, and the other man that I was in the meeting with, um. He gives seven hundred thousand away every year to to charity, and just goes to give a million away. And I was like, "This is, this is probably the right room. This is very good." And uh, so he's going to match fund it. So he's going to match fund the, the twenty two thousand, and he'll another man going to match fund the other twenty two thousand. You know, and that started off um, for ourselves for our own relationship. Uh, it started off with us getting bicycles. 
Um, another man called Raymond McGurns came to me and uh, for gathering bicycles in Nula and we gathered 100 bicycles in Arabah and then my friend he gathered 100 bicycles and then we got 200 bicycles and uh, so it's all so it's all good it's beautiful it is mm. it's it's and as you said it's the momentum it's the compounding effect it's the yeah what, what does it mean to you to be able to do that Oh, it's, 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 I feel blessed. I, I, I feel blessed to be able to, to be able to help in that way, you know, um, like I, before it was just, it was just what I could do myself uh, before. And like, now it's like, it's amazing. In 2017, I'll maybe give you a bit of an idea of it, Pete. In 2017, I raced against a, I raced against a horse uh, over a 24 hour period. <laughs> I know that sounds a bit, but what happened was, you see, when I was running, I ended up in Kerry and I was running in Kerry and, and I started following the pace of the horses, the clip in Killarney that I, and they go along and I started following the clip of the horses. And then by the time I got back up near the north again, near home, it was common to be about racing against a horse. And um, we raised the money for autism that year in 2016. And a lot of the money went to open up a wee centre in Armagh Autism Centre. And then the following year, they needed more funds. But... I was invited out to the barbecue uh, with a man called Sean Quinn and and Neve who's autist, autistic and uh, as we were walking down he says to me he says you know he says kids with autism he says that they really really love horses and I can say I didn't know that at all I says but you're only after giving me a sign because I'd usually ask for three signs after something's clear but anyhow we were, I raced against a horse anyway and they ended up being six horses in the palace stables in Arba. I ran like about 92 miles and I was badly sick now, to be honest with you, in the middle of this, it was rough going now. And I couldn't get, I couldn't get space because it was like on a circuit, you know, like stone circuit shale. But we had like thousands of people come out uh, towards the end of it and raise a lot of money for autism. But anyhow, I had done that. It was a big thing. Like it was a, it was a big thing. And we lost a lot of people for money and stuff. We got there around the town and the community and stuff. And then it was coming the following year, the couple of months uh, in that same year, sorry, a few months later in that same year. And was coming up to Belarus and I knew that I was going to be going to Belarus because I told Tom the previous year that I was going to uh, go to Belarus with him because I wasn't able to go the, the year before that. And uh, I was in the kitchen and a lot of things, you know, yourself, Pete, happening in the kitchen sometimes. And like, I, all of a sudden I felt really, really, really sad. I felt really down um, because I knew that I had to do something for these orphan children of Belarus. But it was after already doing a very big public event in Armagh and my hometown already in the summertime with the racing against the horse and stuff. And for a moment, I got really, really sad. And then I, went, and then I just let it go. And I just asked for answers again. And like straight away, I just went, bump, ask more people, ask more people. And within like five minutes, I had a list of uh, 13 people's names. And out of those 13 people, 10 of them came with me to Belarus. And each and each of them raised more than five thousand. Each of them raised more than five thousand pounds, you know, and some of them raised raised a lot more. And um, it just like it, it, it was just so powerful because b- before that I had done like 2015, 2016, 2017, and it very much used a lot of my own steam in terms of physically, <laughs> you know, and in, in that way and, and working things out. And even social media, I'd have been very good on the social media front with things like that, but. Um, this was God showing me a new way, showing me a better way, and in turn it made it made even more leaders. You know what I mean? And uh, and, and some of the people bring their family out now and everything as well too. But um, sometimes you think that you're you're stuck or that it's a that it's a roadblock or something can't be moved or 
um, the, the magic prayer. Uh, I was struck by that. And you, you, you sort of said quite early on, you know, that the power came when you surrendered, <clears throat> excuse me, when you surrendered. Yeah. Can you define that for us in any way? Or? Yeah, I suppose um, it's sometimes like, you know, you can think of this like yourself against the world and you have to win at every battle and you have to do it all yourself and you have to make it happen and you have to remember everything and you have to be the smartest and you have to be the fittest and the toughest and all of those things. <laughs> it's just all that. Uh, and it's realizing that you can't be all of those things um on your own it's it's not possible for you to carry all that thing all those things by yourself and so therefore you just surrender uh, surrender to life I, I i call it surrender to god like i would you know i would even ask god i ask god to like you know come into my life and help me and, and live from the center of my life rather than having me living from the center of my life all the time and uh, and show me the way now i'm not always good at doing that now do you know what i mean i can say that but i'm not always good at doing it i do my best um but this, the surrendering is, it's, it's the giving up of, I don't even want to use the word ego, but it's because sometimes it comes more egotistical when we talk about ego, but it's the giving up of the idea of who you believe yourself to be and all this type of stuff. And, you know, you give up that idea and you just be in grace with God as in like, you know, because at the end of the day, what do we really do by ourselves? Like, you know, you can't breathe by yourself, your hand, I can't create this hand. I can't create these eyes, the hair, none of it's me. It's all just a gift. So sometimes you see we can get lost because um, we think, well, geez, this is a, a very complicated uh, bit of life here, or a complicated puzzle or whatever. But like, you know, if, if, if this thing called life can give you your breath and give you your hands and give you your eyes and give you the people that you love in your life, and give you your dreams and give you everything else. Why can't it give you what you're really looking? It can, it can. We just have to allow ourselves to be shown the way and allow ourselves to be given and allow ourselves to be given to because otherwise we're telling ourselves life a lie that we're not given to. The truth is that every single solitary thing is a miracle. Like there's nothing that isn't a miracle. And, and I'd love to debate people on that because uh, when you strip it all back, life is magic and miracles um you know and every piece of it's a gift sometimes we mightn't see the gift obviously you know what i mean and especially when we're young we mightn't see it um and you know but we eventually see the gifts even in even in our challenges you know um so we do i mean that that's quite something i suppose that that's that's sort of 22 years of age to to have that moment that's some people may not see it till later life. Some people may never see it, right? Yeah. And do you, I suppose it's, it's also knowing what to do with it when you can phrase it a different way, I suppose. Is it, is it a, a case of listening or and having faith or is it a case of asking the right questions or what, what makes the difference? Um, for me, for me, for me, it's it, it's just totally surrendering and and learning to be learn to be learn to be guided. Um, I said you know, that epiphany moment that I had, like I, I was shown like a promise, and the the, the promise was there, and uh, 
then obviously when you see something as we've all seen, we've all been revealed dreams and ideas and possibilities, what could be possible for us. And it's up to us to say yes or no. And we understand you know, the workings of the unconscious mind, but I really think that's a way to explain your being, you know, more than anything else, because you can't touch it anyway. <laughs> you know what I mean? So um, it's surrendering a pit. So if I get up in the morning, it would be um, re- remembering that, uh, say, so I would say yes to life. So rather than saying no to life, say yes to life. And yes, it's going to be a great day. And yes, we're, we're, if there's challenges, we're going to be able to face them. And, 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 and yes to, to all that. But the, the, the deeper part of it, the deeper, the deeper part of it for, for me, you know, all those things. So for what happened to me was I was shown a promise. And then when the promise comes, the first thing I said to myself is, well, but how was the panic? And like that came to me in 30 seconds. It was like, but how? And now you could see myself panicking. And then I heard, it doesn't matter how. It doesn't matter how. Because just take the steps. Are you committed to taking the steps? I can remember that. I says, I'm committed to taking the steps. And I thought to myself, geez, I hope I'm not going to get something very complicated because I don't, I can't remember to write. You know, this was at that stage. And I was like, I hope I don't get something too complicated. But are you willing to take the steps? And I'm like, yeah, I'm willing to take, yes, I'm willing to take the steps. Well, your good is right around the corner. So I, I left the room and I felt like, you know, my good is right around the corner. And for me at that time, it was love. You know, when you're a young man, you're 22 and, you know, you're still looking for love in your life. You're quite, the passion, you said, fire in the belly. You've got quite, quite a fire in the belly. So you have your quite a passion to keep sometimes, you know what I mean? <laughs> so like, uh, you know, I, I would been um, I had been fairly keen, so do you know what I mean? I've been running into the bars, and and the the, the waitresses have been running away from me. You know what I mean? <laughs> and, uh, so, but I can remember walking out outside and going, you know, it's re- it's right around the corner. And if people could hold that enthusiasm, this is what I always believe. Like it's like people come into me and they say, I want to be a millionaire. They want to do well in business. I say, right, okay. Now I want you to leave now. Feel now that you're that that you are that millionaire. That you are that whatever it takes to get you to say. Well, geez, if I was a millionaire, or if I could build this business, or if I could do this talk, or if I could do that, well, then I would know I was blessed. It's the same feeling. It was just feel it now. Feel you're that millionaire now. Feel that blessed now. Feel that you're that person on that stage now. Feel that you're making that difference now. And then you feel you feel that. You feel that, gosh, this is what's around the corner. It's exciting. It's really exciting. And out of, out of that something's always born, something comes like, you know what I mean? Something always comes out of it. And the start, sometimes it could be like a scary thing. It could feel scary. But but if, it, if it's taking you in the direction where you really want to go, then you have to, again, let go and just allow yourself to surrender to the... For some of us, you see, and I, I noticed this in the past with myself, for some of us, sometimes the feeling was too good. So you had to do something to make yourself to feel not as good again. I can remember when I was a young fella, <clears throat> used to be out playing Gaelic football, and I've been rough, rough enough in the field. I wouldn't have been dirty or nothing, but I'd have been, and it hit people as hard as it hit me. Whatever it is, rough enough, like you know what I mean, rough enough, like in the middle of the field, rocking and rough and whatever it is. And I couldn't wait to get home to sit in the brown latch chair to feast, because that's where I was used to be. In. And a, you know. Well, you get used to feeling. It's like people. I always say to people. People come to to the traits. I always say that. I said like you know, drop the stick. Like drop the stick. And I'm like what do you mean drop the stick? I said you're punishing yourself. Like stop punishing yourself. I was it. 
where's the punishment come from? So we get used to being punished either either it's uh, physical or it's mental or verbal abuse or whatever it is, or we grow like many of us grew up in a violent society anyway. So the violent, the subtle violence as we would call it, mightn't be as subtle as we may thought thought it was. But you 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 used to the punisher being punished, and then all of a sudden you, the punisher's not there anymore. There's nobody there putting you down anymore. But but you're putting yourself down. Like you know, somebody's hitting themselves with a stick, and then realize, fucking, break that stick, and and you know, release your release yourself, release yourself from it. Um, you know, even in the com- in the current climate, uh, people are just still loving to be disciplined. You know, I mean, this is um, I'll not mention what the current climate is, but it's October, uh, two thousand and twenty. <laughs> so in this current climate, people still just want to be disciplined. Um. But I, 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 you know, I have, um, I have a passion for life and a, and a, and a passion for living and a, a passion for giving. And I suppose it, it all, it all comes down to that. I suppose you, you know, it's, it comes down to like, can you, can you multiply? You know what I mean? You're good. Can, can you do more? And, and like, <laughs> you know, um, what else can, what else can we do? You know, how further can we spread the message? Who else can hear it? you know, who's ready to live from that place, like, you know. For you, I mean, at that, at that stage of 22, was that, a, was that a reminder back to who you originally were? Or do you think this, this was a whole new level of awareness, connection, etc.? Um, it, it, was, it was both of, both of those things. It was both of those things. And in, in that moment, I could see all I had decided to hide. I had seen that it was me that had decided to hide. It was me that had chose where I had ended up, even though I could say you didn't choose exactly where you ended up, but I could see that it was me who chose through my not choosing or through my hiding, which is still a choice, that I could see that I chose and that I chose that. And it, yeah, it was it was like a reignition. It was like a rebirth, like um, totally. It was like, like this, yeah. And then, and then different times I got more, I would have got more weight. And that time it was so important. So it was because it, it was everything. Um, and then later on then, it, 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 like I had different things that would just took me to different um, levels of awareness and consciousness. But I, yeah, no, that, that was, it was remembering too, as much as <clears throat> anything else, but remembering that I hid. And you see, once I chose, once I could see that I had made the decisions, then I knew all of a sudden that I can make a new decision without mm. uh, without a book or anything. I could, it just was like, boom, it was like this. It was just like things lifting off me. And, and uh, that, that happened uh, because I, like, I, I knelt down and I, and I genuinely asked God into my life. And even before that I'd done it, even before I'd done it, I thought, what, what am I doing here? You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> but there was nothing else to do. That, that was it. It was like live or die, um, give this a go. And then I realized, you know, yeah, you're never afraid to die, um, but you're afraid to live, like, you know, <laughs> you know what I mean? And then live. And then you see, to, to, I always say to people, you know, to what extent are you living? Because like, you know, say, for instance, if you're, if you're 20%, if you're expressing 80%, you're 20% depressed. If you're expressing 80%, you're 10%. And it's like, to what extent, to what extent am I living? Or am I being real? Like for me, is like, you know, and I was really glad that you said it, Pete, too, about being real. For me, it's all about the is, because um, like we learned, the, we learned the law of polarity, which is, you know, 
everything that's an opposite. There's no in without out. There's no up without down. No left without right. Uh, there's no black without white. You know, if there's something good about it, that's something bad about it. If there's something bad about it, that's something good about it. But right in, right in the middle is that is that place that is place where everything just is. So like people go, oh yeah, 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 Stevie, that's, that's that's positive thinking, isn't it? Stevie, positive thinking, isn't it? Stevie, positive thinking, and they be like, no, 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 no. Reality thinking is because you see, reality is much more spectacular than positive thinking ever could be. Reality is where all the miracles are when you're busy positive thinking over here. Do you know what I mean? The idea of positive thinking is that you can force something into existence. You can't force anything into exi- you can, into existence. You can only co- you can only co-create. And people sometimes miss this because they're too busy trying to positive think something into their head or a dream into their head. If you get into the subconscious mind, then it's going to go down here. It's automatically going to... But they're missing the point where it's like, you know, it, that can only happen when your mind is completely settled. So you're, you must come into the present moment, first of all. And then from the present moment, because otherwise, if we're not in the present moment, it's just like loads of thoughts spinning around. And they're like covering over the magic, if you know what I mean, the receiver. And so it's only when we let go and the, these thoughts come down that, that the receiver is actually revealed and then it's always magic. It's, 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 you wouldn't even want to try and guess what it's going to be because it's always going to be better than anything you can think of. So it is, you know, um, like it always is, like, so it is. What was, what was Steve going to be when he grew up? What was the plan? I have no idea. <laughs> my father was in business, and my father was in business. He, is, he was an insurance broker, so he was, and he done mortgages and all this stuff. So I remember, he used to go into his office sometimes and take some of the uh, the pamphlets and stuff like this here, and put them all up around my room. You know, I think I'd be in business. I said, and I always thought I'd be in business sometime. I think I'd be, I'd be in business, but I wasn't sure of the business that it would be in. You know, I would have been quite uh, entrepreneurial when I was younger. I'd have been car washing and. Uh, Dunging out briars and painting and flipping burgers and doing different things, but I um I I I always felt that I'd be in business in some business, but never knew what the business would be. I used to always think, "What's the business going to be? What is this going to be?" But I'm actually in in the business of I I don't know what it is, the business of of, of life, but the business. I also look after a lot of business owners. I I do um one to one work with a lot of uh, a lot of business owners a lot of entrepreneurs on different multiple things because I learned a lot of stuff myself in my own endeavors and then I have a good feeling and things. Well I had no idea Pete what it was going to be. Well, what about you? What were you going to be? I, I think there was there was a vet at one point. I think as you you're bouncing off stuff and maybe I think it's generally you meet somebody or you see something you go, oh, that's quite that's quite something, you know, you do you you bounce off the walls for a while but I wonder an interest. Did you mess about with the radio and stuff when you were younger and have the crack with it? Did you used to interview people or anything like that? Did you ever mess about like that? No, I was quite introvert. This has only come about for me in the last three years. That's funny. And it's, um, you know, it's it's that moment of enlightenment and moment of change. And, and, there's, there's, a, there's a phrase being floating through my head now the last sort of week or so and, and well, possibly longer but you know from great overwhelm comes great change you know and and that's you know when you're talking about that 22 it's kind of the excuse the expression it's like shit or bust you know it is kind of going this is kind of you know and as you know as you described it's that life or death situation and from that moment of 
you know, through the darkness, you got to see the light, but actually that gives you the contrast too, you know? So that's kind of what, what's, what's been jumping out as you've been speaking there to me, you know, and, and mm-hmm. is that, is that something you see a lot? Uh, do, we, do I see a lot? Well, I suppose in terms of seeing with other people and, and you know, that contrast in yourself, was that? Oh, yeah. I, yeah, I think that, uh, you know, I think that for most people, they're always, they can always be in the throes of that, you know what I mean? There's very few people living in grace all the time. And uh, for me at that time now, I wasn't living in grace at all, as I, as I was saying. Yeah, like, it was very challenging for me. And you could say, well, you know, as a young man or is just maybe maturing or whatever it might be, but... But for for people like in all different situations, they're always struggling with the light in the dark that I that I could see. You know, it's like uh, you know. Otherwise, it's very clear. Otherwise, it's very clear. So mm. it's mm. it's it, like it's very clear. Like it's not complicated. You know, none of it's complicated. It's all really simple. People make it complicated because mm. they want to be co- they want to be complicated. But it's all really simple if you know what I mean. Like it is when you take it all down. You know. Do, do you get do you get shades of surrender i mean you sort of you know it's what what sort of it's, again it's, it's all in it's all in it's a i call it the one move so i do like it's, it's like the one move it's like hmm. it's just like all in and it's the same thing as committing to a big goal like you know yourself or sometimes a big you call it a big goal or committing a big goal sometimes it's not a goal like people say to me oh you know because same in the movie the secret came out it was kind of about like okay we'll dream dream this and then this and then this and then this Ooh, yeah, it's working for car parking spaces, some of you might say, but what about all the other things? And you see, it's because of the it's because of the deeper stuff. You see, I, I believe we're all unique beings and, and, and each unique being has each unique being has has their has their path, has their has what they've got to express to be themselves, to really be that person that they are, you know. Mm. And then through life, people get closed down with different filters and different programs and different ideas about themselves and ideas about other people and those things take away their power. Then they've got different worries, you know what I mean? Different things going on in their life and those things take away their energy power. And then <clears throat> there can be no time for the, for the person themselves to actually to live, mm. to actually really to live free of all that, of all of that stuff and all of that noise, you know? And um, when, 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 so, you know, oh, oh, there's not enough time. Oh, no, because oh, there's not enough time. No, 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 no. Or it's raining or uh, that'd be a bit weird. Or, oh jeez I don't know what's that I don't know really I'm not I'm not sure like uh, how would you do that and there's all this silliness over just living like you know <laughs> silly things that you could do that people would just think that are that are crazy now and it, people have been more and more and more conditioned and trapped even more so now than they've ever been and it's partially the reason because they've got the mobile phones because the mobile phones constantly constantly program them constantly showing them a world that doesn't exist that doesn't exist it's an illusionary world when you see all them flashing lights and you see all these and all this type of stuff you're jumping into an illusionary world straight away and um like you know i even think like you know so so if you put your hand on a tree you're a tree hugger uh you know if you if, if you crowd your feet in the earth there's something a little bit strange about you uh you know and it's not really it's just about looking after yourself and the better you look after yourself then the better you can look after you can look after other people um so i don't know if that's getting away from your question there Pete. What? totally forgot what the question was about that's okay <laughs> so, they, so, so they. <laughs> do, do people get you oh yeah 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 totally yeah yeah absolutely people get me 
people people understand the heart so they do and they understand they understand what we're about and they understand why and mm. uh, you know and then we bring them through all our all our stuff that we do their different tools and bring them through our different processes and all that mm. like the, they all <laughs> the th- the thank us very much for for helping helping them in their lives you know um you see, you know, you asked me about um, about the one move, and and like so, the one move is like so the highest vibration. So the law of attraction, the bay law of the law of attraction is the law of vibration, <clears throat> and the law of vibration states, as you know, that everything everything is movement, everything is energy. But we all have a vibration. We all have a vibration ourselves, a vibrational set point, and we have a vibrational set point that's our true, authentic selves, our real selves. And then there's and then there's the false illusionary um, set set point, the, the thing that's in the head and that there, the idea of that, and is to be more and more in touch with your true your true vibration, and and in vibrational terms, everything's measured in megahertz. Um, I, I and in megahertz, the highest vibrational thing is unconditional love. Unconditional love is is a highest vibrational thing. So. You're made out of love. We're all made out of love. We're all made out of love. So we were. And everything that we that we have here is a gift, is is love as well, too. So the thing that you would love to do, the things that you really, really, really would love to do that are your heart of hearts, well, those are from your authentic self. Those are your dreams. And those are the things that we must allow ourselves to go for, or, or not even to go for, just allow ourselves to have, stop discounting ourselves on them. And uh, <clears throat> a lot of people don't allow themselves to go for the life that they love to have or the things that they love to have because there's preconditions. There's preconditions that they put on themselves that maybe other people had sort of out of their love as well too, out of their own protection, maybe said, look, you're not this or that, or maybe you did this or that, and then there's deeper conditions that we agree to. And then once we agree to them, <clears throat> they become our own. And they always sit there. Or do we keep dismantling them and wrecking them and letting them relax away? But the easiest way is to follow our love. And then those things become such such a such a distance, distance, distance place behind. Um, in, in perspective where I would have started out then later on into like, personal development they always call it the gut personal development because there's, there's challenges in there would have been to believe in yourself you know and i would have told people to believe in themselves at the time too but <clears throat> i later understood that to believe in, in yourself is actually the lie it's the problem it's don't believe in yourself believe in life because life flows through you life flows to and through you and believe in that i believe in life and life has this great plan for you and relax relaxation is very important because if you relax away the negativity, you relax away the worry, the fear, the doubt, you relax all that away. All there is is you and life, you and living, you and what you'd love to do, you and how you'd love to be that day. And there is nothing else there. From time to time, if an old thing comes up, just breathe through your nose, and just let it subside again, let it go away. And then all of a sudden, all of a sudden, everything's just getting better. It's getting better. It's getting better all the time, and you can deal. And you can deal with more because in life we know, Pete. In life we know that you know there is things that we have to deal with. There is challenges that we're all going to face and going to meet. Uh, people are going to die. Sometimes people aren't well. 
sometimes something may happen to, your, happen to yourself, whatever it is, but, but we all know things, and even in business, things don't always go according to plan, but it's what you're actually going to do when it's, 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 it's your opportunity for growth when it doesn't go the way that you want it to go. Maybe there's a better, a better road. But a lot of time, people can spend too much time crying over the thing that got took away from them, crying over the thing that, 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 that they didn't get to do or whatever it is, but maybe there's a better plan. Mm. You, you talked about, you know, I suppose with the, with the gyms and things like that, you know, you, you're saying you came to a point in life that you thought there must be more. Oh yeah, <clears throat> well, that the gym, it wasn't just the gyms. I was supposed to have the gyms and all that time. Mm. It was rightly true, and I had so I'd been loads of properties and sold loads of properties and things I got there, and I'd been doing lots of different things and all that there. But there was a lot of pressure from a lot of different angles, and I was doing the best with myself and doing everything else that I could do to keep everybody else right and all as well too. But I got tired of just having to think about myself. Do you know what I mean as well too? I got tired of having to think about myself. And I say, and I gave it up then. And when they gave that up, it was great because it 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 gave me, I was like, please, God, send me something that I can help more people, that I can give more to more people. And I didn't have loads of more money at that time to give to give to them. So it 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 told me to give my body. So sometimes people would be like, I can't give my money. You've always something to give. And um, so I gave my I gave my body, and it was like, whew. and it was like so. It was gave to me what was gave to me the gifts it was gave to me and then i asked and then because i asked for probably for not for myself then it was it was given to me and um, when i ran i'd really hear this i ran them 100 marathons right now i had challenges and uh, before i got the 100 marathons different things whatever but i ran them 100 marathons 100 days and i didn't get one blister not one blister did i get in my feet now the next year was different but not one blister did i get and i ran 26.2 mil then that one but the, um, then you see, <clears throat> I asked to give. So what I got then was I gave my body, I gave my mind, I gave my time. But what I got in return was I got a stronger body and I got a stronger mind and I got a stronger spirit. Do you know what I mean? So I, I, I gave and, and I got back because I gave and, 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 you know, but I didn't, give to, I didn't give to get back, do you know? Mm-hmm. But, I, but you always do. You always do. You always you get more. Do you like running? Um, I I I do enjoy to run. I do enjoy to run. I, I, like to be honest with you, like I, I haven't run much in a long time. To, to be honest with you, and I do like to run, but it was more the mission for me. To be honest, like I wouldn't be a guy that would go to events. People, mm. I'm not a big guy for events. Uh, I like to run around the back roads or something, or run over the field or something like that there but them them distances i really enjoyed it i really did enjoy it at the time and i might do more of it again and i really did like it but it was it was tough like it wouldn't be that it wasn't my just love for running that had me doing this you know <laughs> and that, i suppose that's what I'm, I'm curious about and you talked about the mind the body and the spirit i mean and and was it ultimately was it the achievement of the goal or was is was it the testing on the way through or the strengthening of or or the questioning of yeah it, 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 it was it was mostly who i became myself 
mm-hmm. from it. The gift that I got back was who I became myself because I got stronger in my body and my mind and in my spirit. And yes, I did love many of the runs. I really enjoyed it. I got experiences that I never thought that I would have got. Like, I, I always wanted to travel the whole way around Ireland, you know, and I used to say to Catherine, sure, we would go around and we would camper van sometimes around the whole way around Ireland. I'd love to see all around. But I got to see it in foot. I got to see, go through every major town, every city, over all the mountains, every county, most of the county several times, and I got to see it all in foot. I like, it, it, like it was, that was a tough journey, there's no doubt about it, the 40 miles a day, it was tough, particularly at the beginning. But, um, like, I felt so blessed that this was another dream of mine came true. Like, this was another dream, just boom, came true like this, I was delivered in this way, like, <laughs> you know, and I, and then, yes, the, the, I had a great elation when I came back home. All the people joined me. The last day I ran from Drahada, and it was a 57-mile journey. Which, and I got to run through my hometown, Katie. And I, can, I remember coming, just like I was like maybe a half-mile from hometown, Katie, I came out. Uh, we came down through Cross McGlenn, out by Collyhanna, and out onto Newtown Hamilton Road. I was coming down into Katie, and uh, I could hear the music and people there. And it was just, just everything, just emotion, just raising. And we ended up running through the town like a five and a half minute miles. It was mental. I couldn't slow down. We kept, we were just flying. We couldn't stop. And it was a huge elation, you know what I mean, coming back and everything from it. And all the people that came out and joined in and they gave to it. And it was amazing, like, you know. Um, but the, uh, the, um, the journey, the, the things and the journey and the different things that I got from it myself that that have carried on through uh, and the lessons and and the things that have been stripped away from me and the thing you know um and and uh, everything that has come out of it um has been amazingly it's been miraculous like like there's a lot of people got inspired and done other great feats as well too and and then even then my connection then with tom and the aodp charity a uh, like it's been so powerful because like, all the work then that came out of that uh, like there was just so much good i can't really quantify all the good that came out of it to be honest with you pete like there was good in the money that i raised and stuff like that but the good that came out of it by above and beyond that was phenomenal and um, like even like you know more people run now and stuff too and things like that <laughs> you think you know you have an impact on that like i there's one girl there jill mccann see her running she ran her first marathon. We were right training and stuff. She ran her first marathon with us. We, uh, we ran our 100 marathons in 100 days with Shane Mullen up in Oma. And she ran her first marathon with us. And, and I think she ran to Dublin to Belfast and Belfast back to Dublin again. You know, the, you know she's doing, they're doing loads of stuff. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Some of the people you meet, it's amazing. The, the ripple, I suppose, is, is for all these, you know, it, it's understanding that. I mean, have, have, do you have any concept of that or do you just, do you just feel it? Well, I well, I, well, I know a lot of things that I was involved in. I know all the different things that it did directly impact. And, mm. and, and it was a lot like, like, like it must have directly impacted at least 10 different organizations, you know, on, on different scales. And then, and then I know the impact with Belarus and all that because we're right there. You know what I mean? And I'm on that. I'm on that that board so we're right there we know exactly what's happening and then the different guys that are involving me in different parts of the country doing community work and different stuff mm. but the full scale of it the full scale of it not really but it continues the momentum of that has hasn't really stopped like it didn't it hasn't been as on tough as tough on me as it was in the first few years you know wasn't i physically have to do all these things i still like i, I went barefoot in 2000 and 
18. I went barefoot for the full month of December. Well, 1st of December, the 25th of December. So everything I'd done, I was in my bare feet. And that was quite an experience as well too. Like, you know, in the middle of it, we decided to climb up Crow Patrick and back down again on one of the worst days of the year. It was a red, a red weather warning. <laughs> so it was a good idea. And, and uh, so I'd done that, walk up the street and people giving me money for the charity because I was always in the bare feet. We went into all the bars. We go to all the bars every year on Black Eye Friday, by the way. <laughs> I go to all the bars and Black Eye and bully you to get as much money off you can for the charity. And we sing, we sing a couple of songs, a couple of Christmas songs that night. And all them bars, 13 bars in Armagh, in my bare feet. And I never even got caught. never got a bit of glass with the feet or nothing. I think it was that. I was like, how did they do that? Like, I, even remember, I, I remember walking down the street and missing Sheard's glass like this year. I go on, but it worked out okay. And then the last year, Instead of me being in my birth for the whole thing, I got loads of people out in the town and the, in the countryside, and they all went in their birth We all went for a mile walk on our birth around the mall in Armagh. I was like probably about 60, 70 people off. Like it was good. Like, so then they were all raising money too, as well. Like, you know, one of the things that I love is <clears throat> on Christmas Eve, every Christmas Eve, we go up the town in Armagh and we collect money for the orphan children of Belarus. And Christmas Eve is a really good day to do street collections because. It's Christmas Eve, if you know what I mean. People are a bit more of a given, a given way, you know. And uh, we're up the town, and, and I always say to the guys when we're collecting money, I say, look, give the person the best opportunity they can to give the money, even if they're like somebody walking past you and they don't really seem as if they want to give money. Just say, ah, sure, I'll get you the way out. Or, you know what I mean, wherever it is, ah, sure, go on, wherever it is. It's just because what you're giving today in our ma is, I says, you're giving these people an opportunity to give. And I say, as soon as they give, they'll feel better. Soon, as soon as they give, immediately they're going to feel better. I, so it's our job to give give them that opportunity to give. I just put such a spin on it. I'm not, asking, I'm not really asking them for anything. I'm actually, we're actually giving these people the opportunity to give because they always feel good from us. You know what I mean? It puts them in that light straight away. And like we raised like three and a half thousand, three and a half thousand uh, on the street and coins. Like, you know what I mean? Like, it's. So. Are you are you most alive when you're on that edge? You know, you talk about you know the challenge you're pushing yourself and you're at the you're at your limits. Do, do you feel a different level of alertness or, or connection or awareness at those points? Yeah, you definitely do, Pete. Because you're 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 because you're living more. You know what I mean? You're out there. You know, like you know, what I mean, like I'd feel nervous enough even up the town. You're asking for it, but as soon as you stand there and you're shouting, you feel all of a sudden you feel alive. You feel yourself, like you know what I mean. It's like all them rules don't really apply anymore. Do you know what I mean? You can just be yourself. I, you, you do. You feel more alive when you're, um, when you're living. I, <laughs> when you're living, you feel more alive. Where, 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 Taking a where, chance. Where do you feel most alive? Where, where's your go-to? Uh, I don't know. I, um, like in the morning time when I wake up. I, I always get Catherine to open up the window so I can listen to the birds. And um, that makes me feel alive because like, I'm just laying there and listening to the birds. And you're, you've got your own choir, your own course, and it just makes just makes you feel really good in here. You know, I, I love that. And, 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 and I always go outside to listen to the birds. And like I, I, have, um, I have a plant and I planted trees and stuff. And... Uh, I go down there and I sit down there <clears throat> and sometimes the robins come around like I had a friend up last week and he was staying here I've got a wee place out the back and he was staying here and we went down I took him down for a walk and there's a nice river and waterfalls and all down there 
and we stopped for him and we want to take a photograph of something and we stopped and I said turn around and it was like a wee rabbit it was just like you know just like there and like I, he's turned around to a photograph and just a wee rabbit just sitting on it it's like <laughs> you know life outside I love being outside so I do I, yeah. I spend most of my time outside I was going to say, I mean, as a kid, were you running into school or running out of school? What was your... I was, uh, <laughs> I was not fond of it, like, you know what I mean? <laughs> and if you were out then, were you out in the fields, running about? What was, what were you doing? Well, well when, I, when I grew up in the town, in Katie Town, and, and uh, it, it, we had great times when we grew up there, like, so we just walked home from school, like, and that, and played in the town, and wrecked about and stuff, and then we moved to the country later on, and that, and the... Uh, you know, it was very fun. But for me, I, I just, like we're talking now, like as, as soon as we finish talking, I just be outside, like, mm. you know, I, I just go, I just go outside, I just go outside, like, so. And do you, I mean, uh, and I'm curious, you know, almost in the methodology, you're talking, talking about asking for three signs. Can you talk us through that? Aye, because, so it, it, it can be a daunting thing, right? So I, I said they're very uh, cavalier, you know what I mean, to like to, ask God for guidance or ask God into your life. I don't mean a man in the sky with a beard. That's Zeus came from Rowan ideology. I'm talking about love. Ask love into your life. Ask life into your life. Ask that source into your life. You know what I mean? That everlasting co-creator source, that essence, that magic. And so if you were asking for something, right, and you were like, this is what I would really, 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 really love to have happen in my life. Like, really love to have happen in my life. And it's not like two steps, if you know what I mean. I'd love this to happen. You know what I mean? I'd love to get that Ferrari car because then I can get that girl over there. Not that. I'd be like, this is what I would really, really love. And um, then uh, ask for signs. Ask for three signs. And the three signs is only you know. That, that's the thing, you see. Only you know, right? And them signs are telling you that you're on the right track to keep going. And only you know. Or if if you if you're clear, you know the way you're clear. Sometimes you can be clear. You're relaxed in those relaxed times. You can be driving the car, not thinking at all. Or you can be taking a shower, and you're not thinking at all. You know what I mean? The next thing is just like whoop. This thing is just go whoop right into your mind, and it just feels so good. It just feels right, and it feels so good. And like that's when you say yes uh, and then say yeah and then it, if it's right if it's so big and it's so crazy you think yourself am i sort of am i right here ask uh, ask ask for three signs right it was like me racing against the horse right so he's like right hold on stevie now yeah you, yeah you did run the 100 yards 100 days and that's fair enough that happened that way it did happen that way because you see sometimes we even doubt ourselves it did happen that way as in like that's what happened you asked and it came about and the, whenever you done the, the ultra marathons, you asked, came about, now you're running back up the road, even though you're still in this journey. This is sometimes how, sometimes even confused road minds can be, even though you're on this journey that you wouldn't have been on if you hadn't asked for guidance. Now you've got this idea as KMD about racing against a horse. And you're thinking, oh, geez, I just hope that that's not my own concocted idea that I've made up in my head out of things. So just to make sure that it's not, and to make sure it's the right thing, I'm just gonna ask for pl- three signs, please. Three signs, please. And then and then they come. And then they come. Then I know, then I know. Go, go, go. 
And that, that's, that's the telltale. So for you, in terms of how do you check the validity of an idea or a concept or a, a seed or a thought or an idea that actually it's not, it's not just, as you say, a concoction of the mind, the ego, whatever, 50 ways you want to put it. The signs are the validation steps there. That's the decision tree. It's like kind of going, okay, okay. That makes sense now. Have I, have I picked that up correctly? Yeah, it's better to ask life than to ask another person <laughs> or to ask Google, right? So, because, um, and, and it's also about your own intuition. Like, you know, like you, because you're saying, like, and I'm sure you're the same people, people brought you deals, business deals before, or brought you something, or, uh, and, 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 and sometimes we may have said yes, and then, but our gut had said no, and we wish we should have went with our gut. And then there becomes a point. Where you go, I'm gonna go with this. I'm gonna go with this intuition, gut thing. I ain't gonna go with that because the more you go with that, the easier my life is. The only way, way, the only time that is challenging to go with is, is if we're telling ourselves lies. When we're telling ourselves lies, then it's very hard to go with your gut. But when, when, when you're when you're absolutely clear and you're you you can like you it'll you know yourself it'll feel right if something is right. And it's meant to be done. It's gonna feel right. Do you know what I mean? It's gonna be like green, 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 green. And if you're not sure, you can ask for the signs. It's so funny when you talk about that's that's how far in the belly came about. It just whoosh, it's kind of what <laughs> at the, the most. And, and, and it's, yeah, and it's right. And like so, you got the signs. So you asked, did you, Alice? Yeah, let's see. Well, it kind of I want. It was, it was, I mean, it was an, a point of overwhelm in my life, you know, almost just sort of the day after the sort of enough. And uh, yeah, just that sort of just shot into my mind and you kicked it around long enough and then sort of, yeah, eventually it grows arms and legs because eventually going, why, why are you talking to such and such? It's like going, I don't know. <laughs> just, <laughs> just give me some popcorn because it's like, I'm loving the journey and it's great and things are happening and, you know, the universe is bending. It's like going, okay, that's cool. <laughs> it's scary at the same time but it's, it's like a it's like a, a path of light out in front of you that's what it is it's a path of light out in front of you it's, it's just all the way like it's it is and it's, it's beautiful and it's, it's so it's so hard to explain especially people around you that have known you because my, my background is i'm property investor by trade and, and and people are sort of going why why don't you just stick to the property you know if, uh, of a you know a family there and this well just just stick to what you know and you're like going yeah but what if what if you know and and uh but again so you're kind of going so you're going to do this thing you've never interviewed you're not qualified to do that you do you know and, and you know so it, it's it's so hard but then you just go i just i don't know i just believe just good man you know it's uh it's it's a beautiful a beautiful place to be and, and to, to get to that stage in your life you know do you, do you, I mean, are you at the stage, are you fulfilling your potential? Am I fulfilling my potential? Mm. Oh, yeah, yeah, I am, yeah, yeah, mm. I am, I am, yeah. yeah. I, and I'm, I'm curious of how you, what, what's come across is through your journey, you talk about, you know, you, you challenging you, you challenging your mind, your body and your soul and, and, and building that up to the point then it's come to the stage of going, you can't do it all. That actually you need to, to sort of almost empower and enable others. You know, was that was that a conscious switch over and and that sort of that multiplication? How do you do more for less, or you know, not for less, but yeah. how do you do just do more? 
Well, I, I, I was always, I was always empowering other people to do better mm. in ways. But then, in some other ways, maybe some other ways, sometimes you can't see things in different ways. And I suppose for the charity, for the charity part of it. Well, I always got people involved, but I was like the like the leader in it. But if you know what I mean, and I was doing these things, and then all these people are involved. But this was actually this was actually a clear shift over to go right. Okay, empower empower others to be the leader. Empower the others to be the leader. If you know what I mean. So, boom, and then all of a sudden, then you see you're duplicating, you're duplicating yourself. Do you know what I mean? Makes sense. It does so, make sense. So you're getting more done because like so, uh, so like when we go over to Belarus, right? And you do like and you're doing a lot of work, like you do a lot of like a lot of good things. Like some of these kids were asking for a blanket, uh, a kettle, and an iron, and those are the things that they wanted for a Christmas present. So once a year, they got to ask for one thing that they wanted for themselves, and a lot of these kids were asking for these three items, and the reason they were asking for these items was because. So one year they may get the blanket, the next year they get the cattle, the next year you get the iron. They put them away because whenever they leave, they're 18, they don't have anybody. So they leave, they take the cattle, the blanket, the iron, whatever else they have, their possessions, and they've got stuff for their household. And some of these children are seven years of age that are asking for these things. And um, you're like, Jesus, there's a lot of work to be done. And then <laughs> and then you look at Maggie Oscar and stuff like that too, and like, you know, when they leave. The schools and different stuff and they don't have running water and the bicycle their bicycle is their their life saviour because it means that it only takes them two days to get in town now rather than a week and you're like going right and they just like there's a lot of work to be done and the thing is, is you can't do all the work yourself anyway it's not possible to do all the work yourself you're never going to get it all done by yourself like the only way to get a lot of stuff done is to, is to get is to get a lot of all the people and then but then the other people have to be thinking and coming from the right place to, to get, you know, to really, to really get, to get them in properly and get them in right. So you're, so it becomes about doing better yourself because by you doing better yourself, it actually makes, it actually helps other people to do better. And like, we know always, December is always our month for, for Belarus and charity. Like I dedicate that whole month. It's like, this is the second charity's first in December. I'll probably do the 10k walk and the 5k walk. Maybe you'll, maybe you could join us, Pete, because they're doing like virtual ones and stuff like that there. But like the um, if if we can get more people to do it, to do stuff, then the work gets e- the work gets gets easier. So it does, and it's proper work. You know what I mean? It's proper mm. work and it's proper answers and it's prop and it's proper stuff and and it empowers people. Like you know, how, how do you and because even as you're you're talking about that and it's just it's something that's quite raw with me at the moment is, you know, with the kids and you see that and that. Just where they're at. I don't want to sort of attach judgment or blame or anything to it, but how how do you not manage how, emotionally yourself? How do you how do you sort of hold yourself in a high place and to to be able to give, but also to connect at the same time? Uh, yeah, um, the most challenging time. And I'm going to have to go after this because I'm actually have a call at half two and I'm sort of running past it now. So <laughs> it'll be okay. He's been late for me before a few times. But I'll, let me just send him a message. If you don't mind, I just send him a message. I call sure. in five minutes. No worries. The, the most, with the first year we were there, we were in with, with kids um, and some of them had special, special needs. 
and um, some of, some of them hadn't, but they were they were fairly well looked they were fairly well looked after, so they were you know, I um, but they didn't have what we would have right, and that was challenging enough. But the most challenging for us would have been a few couple of years ago, and we went to a place called Salton Africa, and it had like two hundred and seventy two adults, um, but they were children, if you understand, they were children of, ma- of mind, and some of them were children of body as well too. So um, <laughs> there have been a lot of them quadrupedics, and, and, and like, so there's this little, there's this girl, I call her a little girl, I call her a little baby, right? And she was probably that size there, you know what I mean? And they, she, she was the same age as me, so she was, and the only way I knew was by her teeth, because her teeth were all well grinded in and stuff. Because and she's laying in the bed, and they, there's all different ones laying in the bed too. Another wee girl we thought was wee father because she had a wee bit of a beard, wee chinny beard on her, and she was like only like a wee, you know, this size. And they, when when you go in, like you know, I, I was looking at the the girl, I just going, oh, love I was taken by her, her excitement, what I would call love in her eyes is what I was taken by because she was looking and, and she was just seemed so excited that somebody was in to see her, that somebody different was in to see her. And I was just looking at her, I was giving her affection and stuff like this here. And the love that you feel from them is, you're in a different place with it, you know what I mean? Uh, at the same time, you're in given, but you're you're quite humble because this is their life every single day. But there's this little girl in the, and she looked like a like a, like a, she looked like a wee man, really, you know. She looked like a wee man about forty with short hair, but she's a wee girl, and she had a goatee beard, whatever it is. And like usually, we go in and maybe put her hand on them or a hand on their back or rub them or something, give them a wee bit of ease or whatever it is. And some of them be ecstatic, they'd be coating your hand, they'd be like, <laughs> and they'd be like really, you know, static that you're there and giving them any attention. But this girl, in particular, put my hand on, on her and she's like, mm-hmm. like this here. I'll put my hand on her, and like, yes, I guess she's she okay. Like, I don't hold her again. She's like, mm-hmm. like this here. And, and, and I realised sometimes I'm a bit slow at copping on I realised after the second visit that the reason that she was doing that was because that's the only thing that she had control of the only thing that she had control because she couldn't see the only thing she had control of was basically and going mm. I was like no I don't want you to touch me because she didn't have control over anything else uh, and it, it, it is challenging there's no doubt about it to justify your mind sometimes different things and 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 life and how life can be inferred different ways but the places that we were in the people there that are looking after them are like saints like they're there every day and they're doing their best with like very very little resources like we bought them people in that place and them girls in telling you land them bits we bought them pillows pillows so we, that was the first purchase that we bought them and then we started buying more stuff after that that was the first purchase to make their lives a bit more comfortable and um there was a room that i found and there was a group of them sitting in a room about 20 of them, and they were all different ages obviously none of these were quadrupedic but some of them like legs or an arm or different stuff whatever it is or disabled or handicapped in some way if you're allowed to use that word I'm sure people understand what I mean like you know 
in a room, not very big, like uh, maybe something like, you know, eight foot, they like, like, and it was long, like maybe like 15, 20 foot, 20 sitting in a room. And there's like, there was only one couch and the rest of them was like hard benches. The benches are hard. And there's this girl, one particular girl, just sitting there, just rocking and rocking and rocking and rocking and rocking on the bench. And sitting rocking on the bench to entertain her stuff because there's nothing else to do. And I came in, it was in the room, and I found the room, and there was an older lady there, and I started fighting at the benches and all, and he says, hey, he says, I get, I get these couches, because you just want to do something for them, like, you give them something, and Tom and very much, you know what I mean, we very much be scouting and seeing what else is needed and what needs to be done. We're very, very efficient and very effective in our ways, you know, and um, I came back into the bus, and, and we were leaving, and I says, we'll have to get them people more couches in that room, like I says, well, you, you they need couches in that room. And he well, hang on. And he bother with you and bother with you because he'd be very much about doing the right thing with all the money and everything. And so it's so always like that, you know. He's like, right, okay, Stevie, right, we'll get the couches. And so we're back the following year. And I uh, this room's the way in the back. And we'd roll to because says, no, I have to see this room. We're down and seeing the room, open the door. Same people in the room, you know, 20 of them sitting, one sitting around, one's just got up and down, walking around each other. And the uh, the couches was there, you know what I mean. <laughs> and like the, the it, like the way you they were all thankful for you, the couch, uh, even though we didn't do the couches. And uh, the, the last year we were that busy. Did you hear this? Pete? Last year we were that busy in the whole thing getting. And we decided, that Jim says, okay, we're going to buy even these people, these adults, because they're children. We're going to buy them a Christmas present them something give them something it was fun. it was unbelievable it was mental it was because they're all going mad over these teddy bears and things anyway but we were going around anyway the whole place and giving the ones ones that were bed bound the different stuff and the other ones then that could sit and gather the gather for us and james was playing music and stuff like that as well too and a there was this man kept following me around he kept and i, and I wasn't even registering me kept following, and he'd look at and he'd look at me he'd look at me he'd look at me stand look at me like this and, and i just and then there was somebody else one of them maybe pulling on me or something so i wouldn't really get to think and hold around the place and everything and whole lot of us way back and it wasn't like it on to the plane that he got to think the man that kept starting looking at us all the time he we paid he was blind in one eye the previous year and he had what's called cardiacs on his eyes Cardiacs on his eyes. And my grandfather was blind for the last 13 years of his life before he died. He was very close to my grandfather. And he was blind the last 13 years of his life. And he, he was blind with cataracts. And that time you couldn't you couldn't cure them, you couldn't heal them, you couldn't do anything with it. But this man, this man was blind, had been blind one eye the previous year. And I remember Tom had said to us in the bus when we were coming back and there's a man in there, it's not something we usually do, but he's blind one eye, and if he doesn't get that one eye fixed, he can go blind in the other eye as well, too. It's something that we can do now, we can pay for this operation. Do you think we should pay for it? We all went, absolutely, we'll pay for it. So we paid for the operation. And there was that much going on that I had forgot about this man until I landed back on the plane, that this man was looking at us and looking at us the whole time. We'd, we'd stop him from being blind, like, you know. And to be able to do that, I prayed, prayed for my grandfather to be able to see for years and years and years, because I can remember when he could see, the last memory I had me and him was getting spuds out the backyard you know, and I used to pray to God for a long, long time that He could, that He could see, and and, and well now, like you know, we're with the like that we're having other people to see, like so, so like, you know, so. <laughs> it's beautiful. Perfect, man. I, I apologize, man. I I have to go because I can't keep no this man any longer. Hundred percent. Listen, Stevie, it's been an absolute pleasure. Um, we'll make sure and put up all the links, and and so people can reach out, follow you, and and go through, and um, yeah, just. Keep doing what you're doing. 
Thank you, Pete. Thank you for the opportunity, man. Thank you, and I wish you the very best luck with everything you're doing. And I know it's going to be a great success. Thank so, you, and thank right, yourself. We'll talk again soon. See you soon, bro. Cheers. Good thank luck, you. Bye bye. Right. Well, that was another great episode of Fire in the Belly. You know, this really wouldn't be possible without a great guest taking the time to share their personal journeys. And boy, boy, sometimes it is personal. It's an absolute pleasure to have that and then to hear the journeys that people have been on. We've loads more episodes coming up soon and it's always a pleasure to have guests on. If you do happen to know anyone with true fire in their belly, please reach out to us so we can share their journey, lessons and successes. So all that's left to say is have a great day, live with fire in your belly and be the mightiest version of you.